0: All right, all right, all right, everybody. This is in Liberty and Health. Um, kind of had a last minute cancellation, so um it um kind of figured I'd pull up some random topics as you can see we're gonna talk about Barack Obama today. Um the Larry Sinclair interview, hilariously enough. Um, And then some stuff going on around Taiwan. As you can see, I just got back from vacation. It's why I'm pretty tan. As someone at my work told me, I'm offensively tan. So um, make sure you are liked, subscribe, and do all that wonderful stuff. Really helps me out. I really, really appreciate it. Go hit all the links below for what I got going on and then all my affiliate links and stuff like that. Really, really appreciate it. Um, And without further ado, let's go. What is up everybody?
1: Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on plague day. (laughs) I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. I am.
0: All right, so as I said a little bit earlier, we're going to be talking about the Barack Obama stuff and uh, probably some stuff that we should be thinking about more seriously than who he was sleeping with, but uh, I kind of wanted to cover that anyways. Um, I figured it was a funny topic, and (laughs) who knows if it's true, but it would absolutely make my entire life to hear Barack Obama come out with his usual, you know, candid kind of speech and mannerisms saying that he didn't have sexual relations with a man. Um, Do I think he's actually going to do it? Probably not, but, um, you know, it would be really, really freaking funny nonetheless. So um, let's start off with this story from the Daily Beast, who is just like the worst of the worst. Um, the reason why I wanted to do this is because I wanted to make sure it was as far away from my personal bias as possible. But, um, you know, once again, we'll kind of riff on this and uh, see where it goes. Um, so from the daily beast, uh, Tucker Carlson and Megan Kelly remain obsessed with the Obama's, (laughs) um, Barack Obama and big Mike, which is uh, really funny. And as you could see, they really, um, did a lot to preload this and kind of give you a certain feeling right away. You have a smiling Michelle and Barack Obama with a, you know, demonic looking Megan and Tucker who, um, you know, last time I checked, uh, Tucker Carlson, And Megyn Kelly didn't slaughter millions of people all over the uh, all over the globe, specifically in the Middle East. Um, You think conservatives have enough on their hands fighting to take back the White House, gaining more seats in Congress and finding new and humiliating ways to defend former President Donald Trump. But Republicans always find time to attack their favorite targets, Barack and Michelle Obama, or as they would say, Big Mike. Um, Former President Obama faced unprecedented hatred, yet still served two full terms in the White House and left office with high approval ratings. But he had to endure the racist calls of birtherism that plagued Obama's 2008 presidential campaign and later propelled Trump to GOP stardom and likening Michelle Obama to a monkey, you name it, and Republicans went there. But since leaving the White House, Obama's largely remained outside of the political spotlight, though most of his passionate detractors still have it in for him and his wife. Um, I just want to stop here and say that it's kind of ridiculous to say that, you know barack obama is like the only president who's seen like unprecedented hatred when you consider the way that democrats had freaked out for the last really seven years over donald trump um and anybody that's listened to this show for any period of time knows i am no fan of donald trump but that being said um it's just ridiculous to think that he's you know the only kind of uh that that you know he's kind of like the lone wolf here and getting you know completely and totally wrecked so uh back to the story here tucker carlson and megan kelly the former fox news superstars turned social media firebrands devoted their energies this week toward the former first couple in rather odd ways um and as you can see here uh, megan kelly is obama running a shadow puppet government um i just to kind of dispel that i really don't think obama plays that much in hand i do think it's probably like uh who's a jake sullivan and anthony Blinken are probably running the show for the most part um you know biden's probably just the the shadow puppet quote unquote um this week on x formerly known as twitter carlson released an interview with convicted con artist larry sinclair and of course you see they have to completely load this language they can't you know, just give you the information and let it kind of rest on its own morals or you just let the data be as it is. They have to completely load it and um, tell you how to feel about it. They can't just give you the information. Um, Anyways, uh, an interview with convicted con artist Larry Sinclair who claimed to have smoked crack and had a sexual relationship with Barack Obama in the late 1990s. If this sounds like a recipe for multi-layered conservative cake, that's because it is. The bizarre interview has everything, quote, A uh, never-before allegation with zero corroboration, designed to stoke the rage of of the homophobic right. Images of the future first black president using a drug that that itself was used to demonize Black America for decades, and shocking accusations that would throw Obama's entire history into dispute. Um, Well, I mean, he was the president for eight years and oversaw lots and lots of um, you know disastrous foreign policy. decisions and then um just you know the murder of many 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 people and then making race relations much worse off you know the comment um if i had a son he'd look like trayvon uh just is the spending was out of control the fake obama recovery which is why people were pissed off and voted for trump um it's you know that's why people are skeptical and don't like obama (laughs) um so anyways, back on there. Um, and it's, it's also this idea that, like, it's just because people are racist. Like, I do think there is probably a faction of the right in America who are legitimately racist and didn't like Obama because he was black. I, I don't doubt that at all. But, like, why aren't we allowed to just say that it's because he was a Democrat, too? I mean, people vote along very, very, very partisan lines. And Obama, despite being a very, very well spoken person, um, there were a lot of things to dislike about his, you know, presidency throughout those eight years. Um, the other washed up ex Fox news star, Megan Kelly claimed this week on in an interview on the far right cable network Newsmax. It's funny. Once again, they have to completely load it. Um, that Barack and Michelle Obama are really running the country as a part of shadow puppet situation. She also said the former America first lady, isn't like by conservatives because she doesn't like america um she also had that comment about white flight and how it's just you know racism but it couldn't possibly be because maybe those neighborhoods weren't desirable to live in anymore and not due to race or anything like that um but the real reason conservatives hate michelle is um hate michelle is consistent polling popular i'm sorry but the real reason conservatives hate michelle is consistent polling popularity um, quote, she had a 72% approval rating, according to Pew Research, when Brock left um, left office. Even though she's insisted she isn't going to run for public office, right-wing outlets remain cap- captivated with fear and rage that she will. Um, I mean, you could see why she would if you had high polling. You know, if you were highly liked when you were in there as the First Lady, is completely understandable that, you know, people may not want you or people may fear that you may run in the future view you favorably now and not only that your husband was you know the first black president which is a very very big deal so um i think people would really like to see her run i you know who knows if she will or won't um But there is special hatred reserved for the Obamas, particularly Michelle Obama or Big Mike, as they call her. I got to say that is one of my favorite conspiracy theories. I don't know if it's true. It's totally possible. But, like, I don't know. It's just the fact that people call her Big Mike just really cracks me up. Um, Before beginning her career in big law and before meeting her future husband, Barack Obama, Michelle Robinson, was a staple of civic engagement in America's third largest city. Um, Unapologetically black, born and raised. Who cares? (laughs) Unapologetically. Unapologetically black,
1: like,
0: I'm not, I'm unapologetically white. I don't know. (laughs) Like, come on. Um, Unapologetically black, born and raised on the South side of Chicago. Michelle is a public school graduate from a working class family who went to not one, but two Ivy league institutions, Princeton and Harvard law. Um, She started her career in public service, working across Chicago government, leading public allies, a nonprofit devoted to getting young people involved in social justice careers. Um, in both government and private sector, but none of this background matters to Kelly who believes that Michelle Obama said for the first time in my life, I'm really proud of my country when her husband was on the campaign trail. She doesn't believe in the promise of America. Why can't patriotic Americans be more proud of her country at some time rather than others? Um, and I think that's totally just politics. She wanted to play up the fact that her husband's running for, you know, president. So therefore, Hey, look, I can finally be proud of my husband now. Which is just, once again, it's just politics. Um, Seeing the first black man become president of the United States ignited pride in minorities across America, particularly black people whose ancestors have been locked out of opportunities by our own constitution, were regarded as three-fifths of a person lacking voting rights and the ability to own property, and for all the gains earned by the civil rights movement, the struggle is far from over. Um, As libertarians would always say, we would like to repeal the Civil Rights Act because um, we don't believe in the idea of forced association we do not believe that you should have to associate with people that you do not want to be associated with. And if people are racist and the idea of like a free market, um, those businesses would go out of business because um, in in theory, all capitalists like the color green, right? They don't care about the color black, white, yellow, you name it. Um, They care about the color green because green is the color of money. Um, People are typically more likely to be their greed will outweigh their racism. And if you really are that racist, that you don't want to deal with white people, Asians, or, you know, choose your race, then, you know, let it be known to the public. And we see through many, many uh, unfortunate cancel culture campaigns that uh, those businesses do go out of business if they're outright racist and terrible people. So I want to pull up this article and I probably won't spend too much time on it. And I don't want to go through the whole thing. But um, the Who is Larry Sinclair? Um, and I'm not going to read through this whole thing. Once again, I'm going to give you the information. They really load this, but, um, I never checked in any of this stuff. Who's Larry Sinclair meet con man who claims to have had sex, taken drugs with Obama. Larry Sinclair is a con artist and career criminals who served prison time in Arizona, Florida, and Colorado. He made similar allegations when a Barack Obama was running for president in 2008, but failed a polygraph test. Um, I think everybody knows that like a polygraph test isn't, um, isn't like foolproof, it's not really guaranteed to tell somebody if you're lying or not. Which, um, to first post credit, they actually were right that uh, Tucker Carlson did um, not vet that, as in, like, he did leave that out in his interview that um, he did fail the polygraph test. Um, Larry Sinclair, during the interview with Tucker Carlson, um, U.S. right wing personality who cares? Tucker Carlson has interviewed a con man who claims he had sex and took drugs with former U S president Barack Obama. There's Sinclair convicted con artist, claimed to the former Fox news host that he and Obama had sex twice and even smoked crack together. Um, but who's the 61 year old Sinclair? What do we know about him? What allegations has he made? Um, Sinclair has a long rap sheet. Sorry about these ads. It's, ridiculous um according to indy 100 sinclair has been to prison in arizona florida and colorado politico noting that his criminal record spans nearly three decades reported that sinclair has quote unquote a specialty in crimes involving deceit the record includes forgery charges in two states one of which drew sinclair a 16 year jail sentence uh four years later he's convicted of theft and forging a check in florida um in 86 sinclair was charged with check fraud and credit card uh charges in Colorado um hardly a model prisoner he was disciplined nearly hundred times for a slew of infractions from assault intimidation and drug possession I'm known to have 13 aliases um he tried to get a warrant dismissed and a sworn affidavit claimed he was terminally ill um just a lot of charges once again I'll let you decide what you want to do with that information um I could really care less I do think there is an element of this that you know, a lot of the right has posted this for a long time that, uh, you know, Obama might have been, you know, a little bit of a wild card back in the day and that big Mike is a tranny as in, you know, his wife is a transvestite who, you know, is now, um, a woman who was formerly a man. So I, I do think that there's a huge audience for this. And if you could swindle that audience and even convince them to give you some money, um, I think that's a pretty easy sell <laughs> so maybe it never did happen don't know can't say and i probably wouldn't be interested in really getting too deep into that investigation you know like who cares um there's many 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 more important things like um what we're going to kind of move on to here um i want to bring up uh, Obama's final drone strike data show this tab instead, let me make sure this is all pulled up here, put this back on the screen. Um, so I would be remiss and everybody knows that I do talk about Trump's, uh, drone strikes and how many civilians he killed. And I believe he actually killed more people than Obama in four years, um, versus Obama's eight years. But, um, let it be known that Obama had ridiculously increased the drone strike casualties from, Uh, You know, his predecessor there, George Bush Um, is Donald Trump assumes office today. So this is written January 20th of uh, 2017. Um, from CFR.org, the Council for Foreign Relations, um, as Donald Trump assumes office today, he, inherited, he inherits a targeted killing program that has been the cornerstone of U.S. counterterrorism strategy over the past eight years. On January 23rd, 20, 2009, sorry, <laughs> just three days into his presidency, President Obama authorized his first kinetic military action, two drone strikes, three hours apart in Waziristan, Pakistan, that killed as many as 20 civilians. Two terms and 540 strikes later, Obama leaves the White House after having a vastly expanding, after having vastly expanding and normalizing the use of armed drones, drones for counterterrorism and close air support operations in non-battlefield settings, namely Yemen, Pakistan, and Somalia. Um, and as pretty much all good libertarians who know anything about foreign policy know that there has been the ongoing genocide in Yemen, where um, I think it was half the babies. Half a million babies were projected to be killed from uh, starvation and different um, complications from the war going on there Um, in, I want to say it was 2021. Um, Throughout his presidency, I've written often about Obama's legacy as a drone president, including reports on how the United States could reform drone strike policies. What were the benefits of transferring CIA drone strikes to the Pentagon? Excuse me. And how to limit armed drone proliferation. President Obama deserves credit for even acknowledging the existence of targeted killing programs, something his predecessor did not do for increasing transparency into the internal process that purportedly guided the authorization of drone strikes. However, many needed reforms were left undone, in large part because there was zero pressure from congressional members who, with few exceptions, were the biggest cheerleaders at the drone strikes um sorry accidentally scrolled off there um on the first day of the trump administration it's too early to tell what changes he could implement (laughs) well little did they know that it would get much worse um however most of it
1: His
0: predecessors' reforms have either been voluntary, like the release of two reports totaling the number of strikes and both comb- combatants and civilians killed, or executive guidelines that could be ignored with relative ease. Should he opt for an even more expansive, intensive approach, little would stand in his way except Democrats in Congress who might have newfound um, who might have newfound concerns about the president's war-making powers, or perhaps citizens and investigative journalists who may resist efforts to undermine transparency, accountability, and oversight mechanisms. Uh, Less than two weeks ago, the United States conducted a drone strike over central Yemen, killing one Al-Qaeda operative. The strike was the last under Obama that we know of. Um the 542 drone strikes that Obama authorized killed an estimated 3797 people including 324 civilians as he reportedly told senior aides in 2011 turns out I'm really good at killing people didn't know that would that was going to be a strong suit of mine. Um so I'm not going to read over every last little piece of data here but um if people are curious um the numbers do go up pretty dramatically once Obama entered office. Um, and once again, this is written early 2017. So they didn't have numbers from Trump's presidency. And that's not what we're focused on here. But you can see the numbers really go up. And then 2016 kind of tapers off a little bit throughout these different um, outlets. And, um, you know, so the, this first one's in Pakistan. The second's in Yemen. Uh, third one, Somalia, which is actually the, I think, the longest going war right now that no one really talks about all that much. And there's lots of stuff going on over in Africa. Um, Brad Pierce, who's been on the show, is a good um, source for this. Nick Terse is another one. Um, they cover a lot of stuff that's going on over there in Africa. So um, what I want to kind of bring attention to about this whole deal is that we're so concerned about the sexual relations of a former president when we have clear evidence that he's responsible for the deaths of thousands of people and then consequentially the deaths of if not millions i mean there was just a report saying that the war in afghanistan cost um i think it was something like three million lives between you know the lives that we've killed over there and then some of the people who you know unalive themselves here back at home um and I get it. He probably has focused on this at some point or another, but um, I just don't think this is a useful, <laughs> you know, use of our time to be worrying about if Obama was a gay crackhead back in the day. Um, was he? Probably. I don't know. I mean, I, I wasn't alive back then. I was born in 1994, so I would have been, you know, four or five years old whenever Obama was supposedly smoking crack and sucking dick. <laughs> I don't know. Did he do it? It's up in the air. Um, You know, you have Larry Sinclair, who's coordinating this with very, very little evidence, but the story seems pretty solid. I haven't, you know, gone back to check and see if his stories remain the same over the last, you know, what is it, almost 20 years now. But who knows? Um, Maybe it is true. Maybe it's not. So um, I guess the other thing I want to talk about was also some of the stuff going around going on around taiwan i haven't had as many foreign policy shows recently um so as everybody knows i'm a very very vocal advocate against the new cold war with china which um a lot of republicans are really really bad on it's sad because they're good on a lot of other areas they're great on ukraine um the middle east stuff they don't seem to care about as much anymore and matt gates as i've said before has been absolutely heroic in his attempts to end some of the stuff going on over in somalia in Syria, although he didn't vote to remove sanctions. But, um, you know, some of the other Republican congressmen have been great on the war stuff, specifically, you know, Thomas Massey, Marjorie Taylor Greene has been good. Um, But just this one issue with China, they're they're absolute idiots on they don't read anything and this is just so common amongst the right tucker carlson's a china hawk marjorie taylor green matt gates joe kent uh i wouldn't say tim pool's on the right but he's a major china hawk um steve bannon and for those who haven't read my article please go check that out the libertarian institute i think if you looked up uh libertarian institute maybe my name or look up glow bannon and yawn you might be able to find the article there where i detailed out all where steve bannon got a lot of his funding and also recorded the video on the uh, lady may yacht Um, so like a lot of the popular figures on the right are just these huge, fervent, freaking China hawks where everything's about China, and it's sad because they're rightfully calling for the end of the war in Ukraine and to stop all the funding, but it's to arm you know Taiwan, or we need to focus our resources over in you know the South China Sea against China. So some of the stuff that's happened over the last couple of years, it's really, really ramped up. And that's why this narrative of Biden belonging to China just really needs to, like, die. It needs to go away because it's wrong. Um, So Kamala Harris went over to the Philippines and gave arms guarantee or a uh, war guarantee, essentially, to the Philippines over the disputed reefs. I think the one is called Second Thomas Shoal, where basically China and the Philippines have overlapping claims. To these reefs and Kamala Harris had made a official statement that said, hey, we will go to war with China over these reefs if, you know, the Philippines have an issue with it. Um, Some of the other things that have been going on are arms sales. Um, Obviously, there's always like congressional delegations, uh, senatorial delegations to Taiwan from the U.S. government, Um, officials from Taiwan coming over here um like i said arm sales the us sails about one ship a month through the uh taiwan strait which is about 90 miles um china and taiwan are separated about 90 miles and the us is always selling warships through that strait specifically um and it's all just provocation towards china right we're just doing everything we can to swing our fist Right in China's face to let them know that, like, hey, we're here. We're pissed off, and we're going to do everything we can to encircle you. So there was also like meetings with a uh, Prime Minister Modi. I think he, his name is from India, who's you know once again a bordering country of China, where they've had disputes um, of that border actually, where people were actually fighting, you know, hand to hand combat on that border. So um, just lots of stuff going on over there that. I would love to hear right wingers talk about more, and I would be a lot more apt to join them and their causes and support them and speak out for them um, if they're better on this issue. And I don't have a good solution for it other than speaking about it, because, you know, we should raise this issue a lot because Russia is not the number one threat of the U.S. or is not the number one target of the U.S. empire. It's China. And they they've stated this over and over and over again. Elbridge Colby is another uh, guy who's kind of high up in the Biden administration. I believe he's responsible for shaping some of the China policy. I I might have that wrong, but um, there's also people in the DeSantis sort of uh, campaign that's really, really bad on China. And then, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy is a huge China hawk as well. There's no one on the Republican ticket that's good on China. It's sad other than, you know, Aaron Day, but I mean, unfortunately, he's not going to be on the debate stage or anything like that as much as I'd love that. <laughs> he uh, he doesn't have the same traction that all the other guys do. Um, Chris Christie's pretty much saying that he wants to go to direct war with China, which is just absolute insanity. Um, Doug Burgum, I think his name was the entire time he was saying that he wanted you know, to talk about China. Uh, Nikki Haley in her initial campaign video was talking about the Uyghur genocide. And, uh, for anyone curious about that or not eligible on that, if you haven't listened to the shows I've done with Pat McFarlane, feel free to go to his channel and check all that stuff out because he has done extensive, extensive work on this stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll cover these couple Taiwan stories. This will probably be a little bit of a shorter show tonight and we will, uh, you know, call it a, uh, call it a night. So... Let me see. Show this tab instead. Uh, Let me pull this up here. Cool. So the U.S. approves a new 500 million arms sales to Taiwan as tensions from China intensifies um washington from the Alternative press the biden administration has approved a 500 million dollar arms sale to taiwan as it ramps up its military assistance to the island despite fervent objections from china on um, the state department said wednesday it had signed off on the sale of infrared search tracking systems along with related equipment for advanced f-16 fighter jets the sale includes infrared systems as well as test support equipment computer software and spare parts it said uh this was also published on august 23rd 2023 so this is relatively recently um Although the deal is modest in comparison to previous weapon sales, the move is likely to draw fierce criticism from Beijing, which regards self-governing Taiwan as a renegade province and refuse to rule out the use of force to reunify it with the mainland. Um, So just to kind of riff on that, um, the U S does uphold what's called the one China policy where they do not recognize Taiwan as a country. They recognize China as the sole owners of Taiwan and, Um, I believe it's actually when Taiwanese people are polled, they're kind of all right with the status quo. And that being that, like, hey, um, we're over here, we're our own kind of island here, but we don't want to shake it up too much because, you know, this is just fine the way it is. The U.S. is obviously seeking to stoke those tensions quite a bit and make things a lot worse for the Taiwanese people. And then, you know, subsequently China. And then, you know, things get really bad, then (laughs) the U.S., um, this proposed sale um, serves U.S. national economic and security interests by supporting the recipient's continuing efforts to modernize its armed forces and maintain a credible defensive capability. The State Department said in the statement, um, the proposed sale will improve the recipient's capability to meet current and future threats by contributing to the recipient's abilities to defend its airspace, um, provide regional security and increase interest. Interoperability with the United States through its F 16 program, it said. The announcement came just hours after Taiwan's President Tsai Ing wen renewed a pledge to strengthen Taiwan's self defense as she visited a war memorial from the last time Taiwan and China battled. Tsai visited outlying islands of Kinmen, where the conflict was fought 65 years ago, commemorated those who died. Wednesday's State Department announcement also follows the angry Chinese reaction to the transit through the United States of Taiwanese Vice President. William Lai on his way to and from an official visit from in Paraguay last week. In recent years, China stepped up its military activity in the waters and skies around Taiwan, sending fighter jets and Navy vessels near the island to encircle it. Um, the one thing that they're leaving out from this article here, which is kind of surprising, actually, is that the U.S. is doing the same exact thing. The U.S. is constantly sailing warships, um, flying spy crafts off the coast of China and in the South China Sea. And, you know, I'm sure you guys have probably seen videos that I've shared on Twitter of, sorry, my dog's going nuts, Um, of, you know, airships saying that sh- um, different planes and stuff in China are flying irresponsibly in the South China Sea. <laughs> like, do you, you, you see what's going on here? It's the South China Sea, not, you know, the... <laughs> the South American Sea, right? You know, what would we do if China was doing drills in the Gulf of Mexico? We lose our minds. <laughs> we would tell China that we would nuke Beijing off the map if they were doing stuff like that in our coast. So, um, the other story I wanted to cover. Let me go here, show this tab instead, and plug this back up here. Um under the, from the Taipei Times and this was issued uh wrote September 4th, 2023. Sorry, hopefully you guys don't hear my dog's barking. I don't know what the heck's going on. Um Troops join Michigan drills report. Um The exercises were led by the U.S. National Guard instead of the U.S. Armed Forces so as not to provoke China, the Sankai Shimbun reported. Taiwanese troops last month attended military exercises led by the U.S. National Guard in Michigan, the Sankai Shimbun reported on Saturday. More than 7,000 soldiers from several countries participated in the exercise, which were held from August 5th to August 19th. The Japanese Daily reported following the joint exercise last summer, Taiwan and the U.S. have continued to deepen military exchanges and enhance interoperability. So, as you can see here, if um, you're listening or watching, soldiers run after alighting from an assault amphibious vehicle during a military drill in Kaixiung. Sorry if I said that wrong, on January 12th. Um, It's unclear how many Taiwanese troops attended the exercise, but the scale was larger than previous training in the U.S. Um, Taiwan could also send more troops to attend similar training. It added, it was reported in July that armed forces sent the entire joint battalion of the Army's 333rd Infantry Brigade to Michigan for training and to participate in the summer northern strike exercise organized by the U.S. Um, The Sankai Shibom said that not to provoke China too much, the Michigan the Michigan exercises were led by the National Guard, a strategic reserve force that is normally overseen by U.S. state governments instead of the U.S. armed forces. Um, the U.S. National Guard also helped train Ukrainian soldiers after Russia's annexation of the Crimean Peninsula in 2014. Um, Joe Biden's administration in February said that President Xi Jinping has instructed his nation's military to be ready in 2027 to invade Taiwan. Um, to prevent Z from taking over Taiwan, by force, the U.S. continues to expand um, support to bolster Taiwan's self-defense capabilities. Um, the U.S. announced military assistance of U.S. of uh, $345 million to Taiwan in July through the Presidential Drawdown Authority, which requires no approval from the U.S. Congress. It also approved a military transfer of $80 million under its foreign military financing program, last week. Um so I don't think I'm gonna read through this whole thing. You guys kind of get the drift. Um it's it's really really bad. I mean this is kind of like how I think it was Gideon Rose said that they were leading the US was leading Ukraine down the primrose path. It's the same thing in Taiwan. Um and some of the foreign policy realists even you know friend of the show Zachary Yost who's wrote about this um they say we should arm ukraine in the name of deterrence well how well did that work out in russia or i'm sorry ukraine not well um i think if anything the u.s should probably step in and say hey if you seek peaceful reunification why don't we host the talks between you two I mean, this is a very, very sensitive issue for China because every single time that they sent a congressional delegation over um, that China sometimes does military exercises. And when Nancy Pelosi went over there last August, um, China encircled Taiwan and they were firing missiles. They were doing all these joint military exercises. Um, it's a big deal. And this stuff's not a joke. Um, I, I think people need to talk about this a lot more because the tensions over china and taiwan it's serious i mean this shit is not good so i think that's it um i appreciate everybody listening um i will have this up on audio probably as soon as it's done um I'm going to be going on the new show Cognitive Vigilance with Brandy Bishop and Ryan Malone who were on a week or two ago and I really really enjoyed talking to them and we're probably going to talk about some <laughs> lighter hearted uh, topics here so um yeah I appreciate everybody hanging out and uh listening Um, Make sure you give me a like, a subscribe, a share, all that good stuff. And um, please leave me reviews whenever you can. Check out all the links below for how you could support yourself and support me in the process. Um, And without further ado, um, I'll let you all go. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Liberty and Health. And until next time, take care, guys.